I'm Trevor Cummings, and these are my Thoughts on Money. Hello, and welcome to the Thoughts on Money podcast, what I like to call, or what we like to call, Tom. Um, I'm Trevor Cummings, your author of the Thoughts on Money blog and your host of this podcast with my dear friend and colleague, none other than round of applause for Mr. Sean Latimer. Hello. Welcome. How are you? Doing great. What was your... We haven't even talked about the article. We were talking about all these different things before we got on the podcast. Uh, what Are you reading it right now as we're talking? <laughs> no. <laughs> what no, was your sorry. initial reaction? Uh, I thought it was a good topic because we... I kind of get a sneak preview a lot of these articles because most of the time it's what we're hearing from clients or questions that are coming up. So we talk about it kind of throughout the week. And so by the time the article comes, I, uh, I'm not too surprised. But uh, I'm going to surprise you one of these days. <laughs> no, you might. But I... It did make me laugh because I thought it was a good comparison because saving isn't fun and exercise isn't fun. But if you ask anyone on the street, we can all list the benefits, right, and the reasons why we're supposed to do it. But it doesn't change the fact that it's not necessarily easy to do. I think I wrote about it too, personal, real personal here. But I've had trouble being motivated to save lately. And we'll unpack that on the podcast. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um, but we'll start on the other side, the exercise side, because it's a little bit easier. And I'll, I'll put you on personal blast. Uh, you've lost a lot of weight in the last, what time period do you want to pick? Six months? Yeah. yeah. A- and you've done a really good job at keeping it off. Is it, for you, is it mainly nutrition or was it exercise too? It's. I feel like it's always nutrition. Because... Okay. So it's just eating. Like even if you didn't go to the gym, you were fine with just the eating part. Yeah. Because um, as Trevor mentioned in the article, you know, we play basketball uh, a couple days a week and that's kind of like the baseline of our exercise. Like if any more is, happens, that's great. It's a bonus, but that's like the bare minimum. And uh, I was able to lose the weight just by changing my eating habits. And uh, with three little kids, there's not a lot of time to go to the gym. So that's like the one thing to control. But on the same page, that's the harder thing to do. I have 20 extra COVID pounds, so I need to get on that train too, which I always say. Yeah, how long do we get to use that for? You know, like, oh, freshman 15. Wait, you were a freshman like eight years ago. Well, you know. You know. So just uh, it was nostalgia kept kept coming with me. Um, that's a good point. So the nutrition part, I, I I'm being absolutely honest when I wrote this article. Like this isn't like a reach to make an analogy. I remember when I was cycling, and we've talked about this before. But we literally in the house I lived in, we had a sign on the cabinet or whatever you call it, where the, the pantry, I guess, and it said, uh, "Eat for fuel, not for taste." And it was just this constant reminder that, hey, like everybody is training almost at the same level uh, in the people you're competing. I was in cycling. So like wherever you can find an edge, you have to find it. And if that edge is on nutrition, if that edge is in even rest, if that edge is in, you know, an extra day in the gym, whatever it is, I trained so hard when I competed in sports. I had no desire to exercise, like, like no desire at all when I stopped competing. Well, that makes sense, though, because you were competing at a high level where everyone's kind of, it's an even playing field. So anything you can do, like you said, to get an edge, you're, you're going to. And then now fast forward and working full time, being a parent, having a lot of other responsibilities, it's hard to find that time. And when you're already not feeling inspired, it, it's, it, it can be frustrating. And I might be the only one on the planet that feels this way. I'm not. But I feel like nobody says this. I just hate exercise. Like everybody says like it's hard to get in and whatever. But I feel like no one says the truth. I just hate it. I I just don't like I mean, I I guess there were times when I was working out where you would get like endorphins. Yeah, like people like runners high and, and things like that. And you feel really good after you do it. 
But man, it takes a lot to get into a routine. And for me, that connection point of like, okay, I got that trophy because I put in that amount of work. Like that connection was always firing for me. Mm -hmm. Like I really want more trophies. Therefore, I will keep going to the gym. The other frustrating part is there is no trophy at the end of the race. It's supposed to be like a lifestyle change where you're like, oh, I just have to do this forever now. Great. (laughs) Yeah. And that's kind of where I went with the article of like, you got to fool yourself, I guess. Or like you got to create some framing around like, hey, why am I actually doing this? And I remember you and I both worked at a, a gym or fitness center and I I reframed that so many times. Like I remember I had a personal trainer for a while and that was helpful because it was like on the books. Like they'd even come and say, hey, you're with me in like 30 minutes. I'm like, oh gosh, can't I just move it to another day? But well, And you know the real reason is because you're paying for it and you're like, well, I'm not going to waste this money. So. Exactly. So, but then there's times like, hey, what are your goals? I'm like, I don't know, like let, let's, let's try to get me to do 20 pull-ups, right? Like I just had to make these things up because at that point, I didn't have my extra COVID weight. And I was right. just like, I was like, okay, let's see if I could squat 350 pounds. Like, I, I don't know. I just had to make up these goals. And for me, there was like this really um, obvious analogy here with, with finance that in life, when you get to some place where your income has created like the lifestyle that you want to live and, and there's surplus, you've got to find a, a motivation to save. And I've been on the other end of that with people that make really good money and I find myself like trying to convince them like, hey, you want to save for college for the kids or you want to do this charitable endeavor and I'm like pulling as hard as I can to find out a way to give them a goal and it just reminded me, you got to have some sort of tangible goal or else you're just going to go on the hamster wheel a little bit. This was a good article because right when I read it, I was like, ooh, I know what I'm going to talk about and we talk about a lot, uh, we talk about lifestyle creep often right that as you make more money you end up spending more money because you're you're like oh you know we, we have the resources now we can do this trip or do this and then you look back after the fact and you're like i can't believe i'm spending so much money right and uh what's interesting about the saving benchmark is you probably do some sort of calculation and some projections of how much money what i need during retirement or when i'm financially free and then it gives you a number and you're looking at it and you say oh well that's that'd be plenty but then you have to factor in all these other things, right? How much are things going to cost in the future? Who knows, right? Then you factor in how much am I going to spend at that time? Maybe some expenses are higher, some are lower, right? Uh, hopefully the kids are out of the house, but maybe the mortgage is paid off. And, and you're, you're doing this like mental chess game. But then the hardest part is it is a moving target because if you're spending more because of lifestyle creep along the way, your expectations are different and you're going to want to spend more money at that point like how awful it would be is like, oh, congrats, you're retired. All the fun things you do, you can't do anymore. You can have your lifestyle that you had 20 years ago. Yeah. So I, I was thinking about that when I was driving uh, into the office and it's like, this is a good category. This is good to talk about. Yeah. It's it's interesting to me too, because I, I, I think you brought up a good point. So you go back to like, okay, let's go in the mental time machine to our you know, our parents or whatever, 30 years ago, or I don't know, 40 years ago. And then we go back in this mental time machine and we start telling them, hey, to kind of live the lifestyle they think you're going to want to live when you retire in 2023, you're probably going to need, I'm just making a couple million dollars. And at that time, they're probably like, what? I'm going to be a millionaire. <laughs> I'm going to be a millionaire in the future. And it's just, it's wild that you do have to sit down and do some of these general calculations 
Otherwise, you'll be surprised in the end. And I, I don't want to focus this conversation around retirement because I was purposely not doing that. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. no, no I'm not saying that. I, I titled it Financial Freedom because on a very, very far tangent, I'm going to go real quick here. Uh, David's writing a new book and it's called Full Time. And I just pester him and have him send me one chapter at a time as he writes it. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm convinced I'm with him on this idea that like, I enjoy being productive. So like, I don't really have an aspiration to stop working. But in this idea of financial freedom, I do understand for me, right, for framing, like, I should focus on building up an investment portfolio that produces a sufficient amount of income to cover the lifestyle that I want to live. Because there's a switch when that financial freedom happens is then what you're doing for employment um, becomes more about, I don't know, I don't, uh, calling, purpose. What you're yeah, passionate it's, it's, about. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very much less about putting food on the table. And I don't care if anybody wants to argue that with me. It is a different motivation. So um, it has changed my framing of where I'm like, hey, I actually want to look at financial freedom. And I know the calculations. So I can go look at what my family spends. And I can figure out, hey, how much would I need in dividends and interest to cover that? And where am I on on that little race, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's caused me to kind of go back and say, okay, how am I going to pace myself? And honestly, a lot of it is just taking money out of my hands because I'm dangerous with money. And I, I, we were smiling as I say that, but like piling monies into college accounts, piling money into retirement accounts, and we'll go off on this podcast. I didn't write about it and talk about even the benefits of, of owning your home outright because sometimes it just gets the money out of your hands. Because sometimes when you build up these larger taxable investment accounts or checking accounts, that question of can you afford it the answer is yes. Should yeah. you afford it? I don't know. How does it impact your financial freedom? Yeah, the, uh, it's interesting to think about, and we're smiling because, yeah, as you go into homeownership and you start improving the house, and then you look back after the fact, and we've talked about this, you're like, I don't know if I would have done it the same, but it's already spent. It's already moved on. And uh, making sure, what that's what made me think of it driving here is making sure you save your, your bare minimum. Like, I want to max this out, or I want to save here. And once I do that, then I'm good. And if there's extra, then you can kind of justify those costs. But then maybe that savings amount should be increasing proportionally as life goes on. But that's something I'm still figuring out. Yeah. For for me, like I said, uh, putting those uh, protections like retirement accounts I can't touch, like just getting the money there is really healthy for me. And, and we'll go on that tangent a little bit. I don't know why I've gone so back and forth on this thought, but it's a popular conversation in finance to talk about should you have a mortgage or should you pay your house off? And obviously it depends, right? Interest rates are a lot higher now mm-hmm. than when we were talking about this conversation two years ago. But I remember being newer in the industry and the answer was really simple, right? I can show you the calculation. It is better to keep the mortgage. The problem is, is when you have the mortgage and you have that surplus of funds available to you liquid, sometimes you don't always make the best decisions with it, right? Um, and sometimes you think you're in a better financial situation than you are. So there is this protection built in um, when people accelerate paying down their house because it's an illiquid asset and they can't get their hands on it. Now, it's not, a, it's not ideal from a compounding standpoint, right? Because right. your money can't be in two places at one time. But I now understand the tension in the conversation. Well, in, in the same vein as the lifestyle creep, lowering the, that overhead or those monthly expenses kind of gives you peace of mind that you could be financially free a little bit earlier. 
Yeah, you're 100% right. If, um, you know, often they say that for most people, which doesn't mean anything because it's an average, but something in the range of a third of their monthly costs are typically housing, Mm -hmm. right? So what you're saying, hey, is if you eliminate that, then for financial freedom, you only really need like 70% of that cash flow. Yeah, because then someone might say like, well, you could have, you know, your portfolio could have done or compounded at a higher rate. The counter argument is, well, now I only need two thirds of that amount. So, yeah, so... On that note, I, I remember I, I wrote in here, I remember a friend from church. He was an older gentleman, quite successful. And uh, there's just a few things in life. I don't know how to say this the right way. But there are like these moments in time where you don't know why you stored this memory, but you absolutely did. Like I remember four of us standing outside of our church in the front, um, just standing in a little circle. The church had just ended. People were getting donuts and things like that. And we we're having this conversation about he had just opened this new motorcycle shop. Um, and that was very different than everything he had done for a career that was very, very successful. And we were just like curious. And he was like, I was just sitting there one day and I asked myself, if money wasn't a factor, what would I do with my time? And he was like, I'd be fixing motorcycles with my friends. So I decided to start a business. That's cool. Yeah. So it just made me ask that same question. And then you kind of do a little bit of soul searching of like, hey, what? like stage of my life was I having the most joy and there was some time I spent in Switzerland not a long time uh, but I just I'm very fond of those memories Mm -hmm. and uh, there's a pretty famous uh, Christian theologian Francis Schaeffer where I stayed at his house which it sounds like uh, I was privileged I wasn't it's it's this kind of study center where people from all around the world go and they usually have I don't know 25 students or so and you spend four hours a day reading and studying. Then you have meals together. You have lunch together. You have dinner together. You spend four hours a day doing, you know, some needed things in kind of the community. But it's a real communal setting and a lot of deep conversations and a lot of, uh, I don't know, education. And for me, it was just like a very unique time in my life because my life goes a million miles an hour, mm-hmm. as yours does too, right? From like, baseball practices to this like you're always having to do something so that was a unique time in my life where it was like the total pause button like reading four hours a day is wild you can literally read one book a day we technically read four hours a day now but it's on email Emails. And it's non-stop <laughs> conversations exactly so wait, wait, are you are you trying to say that you'd rather be doing that than be here with me right now Back to financial freedom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but it was, for me, it did paint a picture of like, hey, there's financial freedom there. Those are things that I want to earn back in my life. Like I, I, I realized that there's a season for everything mm-hmm. and uh, this is a busy season and I'm enjoying it. Even as we were walking this podcast, you saw me watching videos of my little boys at the park right now because yeah. my in-laws are sending them. But uh, yeah, it's good to get an idea of what your motivation is. Like you and I play basketball because we enjoy competition and we enjoy camaraderie. So it was a way where we could take those two joys and intersect it with exercise. Our bare minimum exercise. Exactly. So it's our finances, the same thing is like, I can take those memories of like, oh man, I really enjoyed that season of life and take that question of, hey, if money was not an issue, where would you find yourself and what would you be doing? And kind of reframe, huh, what does future look like in this realm of financial freedom for somebody that doesn't desire to retire. And I wrote about it a lot in the article, those, you know, um, 
uh, what are those like ads advertisements yeah. where it's like you know sipping pina coladas on the beach and that's how you're going to spend the rest of life. It's just not my desire. We're we're all wired differently. So for some people that that resonates with them. Uh, but again, reading through David's book that none of you have read because it's not out yet um, full time. It, I, I think I have a little bit of a different desire. So um, this concept of financial freedom has been something very enjoyable for me to meditate on. And uh, even if I'm wrong, uh, it's getting me to save, which is really important because otherwise, um, as they say, uh, the shoemaker's kids have no shoes. Yeah. Uh, I need to follow all the advice and guidance that I've given, which, hey, I want to be honest with everybody that's listening. I'm, Sean, you can say it. I'm pretty good at it, right? He's I, a good I, saver. Yeah, I'm a good saver. But, man, I can't tell you how many times I've seen folks in our industry that give advice uh, that yeah. they don't take their own advice. Yeah. And those ads never really work of people walking on the beach because uh, it looks fun, but it's not something you'd probably want to do forever. I think when I hear, think of retirement, it's more uh, you don't necessarily have to work anymore. And now you can kind of do what you want. And it, whether that's playing golf every day with your friends or if it's volunteering or a little bit of both. And so I, I think financially freedom, it, it makes the same argument. No, it does. And like, I love that you mentioned golf because there you could explain it, but you enjoy golf a lot more than, than I do. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But it's not even for the wrong reasons. Like you might enjoy golf because it gets you outside for, you know, six hours. You might enjoy golf because you have incredible conversations with your dad or it's just um, fun to, to try to improve something that's so difficult, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think uh, there's any wrong reason to have a goal. I'm just saying, man, it's very hard as human beings from a psychological standpoint. We have to do this constant convincing of ourselves so that we do these good habits, right? Yeah. Whether those good habits are flossing, as we talked about yesterday, a funny conversation that you can share on the podcast, or it's exercise, uh, or it's saving. All these things are not like, I don't want to say they're not fun. They're not easy. Yeah. We could probably make a long list of things that we're supposed to do that are good for us that we don't want to do. <laughs> yeah, and we have to sell ourselves on the idea. So we got to figure out, hey, what works for us to convince ourselves to get to the gym, to floss every night, and uh, to save out of our paycheck. So now, for your own planning, do you kind of reassess that savings number on an annual basis? Or, you know, for people listening, I mean, you and I do this every day and all day, and we still have questions at times like, huh, should I look at it this way or that way? I can't imagine for someone who's just starting. Yeah, I think I'm going to answer your question. So if I don't, definitely bring me back on track. The first thoughts on money I ever wrote, however many years ago that was, it was called Be Aware or Beware. Mm-hmm. And the whole concept was, Budgets don't typically work, but you really, really need to be aware of how much you spend on a monthly basis. It wasn't like a dig on anybody. It was just saying, I promise you that if you get that awareness, it will impact your behaviors. It happens all the time. I had a review meeting yesterday, and we were going through uh, just money being withdrawn from certain accounts. And, uh, and, and I got the, no, oh, that can't be right. Yeah, it is. Let's go to the videotape. And I feel bad doing it because I don't want it to be like, told you so or look. But it, it was one of those moments where it's like, hey, this is more. It's more than you expected it was. It's more than it's supposed to be. It can't sustain. So those conversations aren't fun. But yes, be aware. No. So the reason I was going there, that's my biggest weakness right now. I used to be really good at tracking that stuff 
down to the transaction and knowing how much I spend every month. I have let that go. So my conviction is to clean that up personally. So I'm trying to get myself back into that habit. And now I'm having to even schedule that because it takes <laughs> me some time, right? Yeah. And I never want to do it when I'm a month behind because then it becomes incredibly too daunting, right? So almost having to schedule like once a week just to itemize transactions. And I've even used a bookkeeper to kind of do some of the work, but it, it actually doesn't help. Really? It does, well, it doesn't drive my awareness, right? And that's the whole thing is I want to be aware of that because in the awareness part, and you understand what we always say for financial planning, if you can get one number right that really, really, really helped me would be your expenses. Because if you're 20% shy on what they actually are, then I'm building the wrong financial plan. Does that make sense? Yeah. So for me, in this concept of financial freedom, and, and like you said, are you going to increase your savings every year? I just want to get back to a point of understanding, hey, this is what spending looks like. And then be able to to break that spending down into like really simple categories. Like how much of this leaves my account for like retirement savings? Mm-hmm. How much of it leaves to charitable? And then what does future self look like? To anchor on a number of like, hey, this is probably where I would need my dividends and interest to land to feel financial freedom, which I'm not going to retire. So I'm still going to be doing something to earn income. Um, and then I can take that number and whatever it is, if it was make up whatever number you want, $200,000. Um, in my mind, a back of the napkin trick, I could, I could multiply that by 25 and start to get an idea of if I had that times 25 it producing 4% in dividends and interest, I would get to kind of that financial freedom concept I'm talking about. Yeah, that makes sense. So I don't think there's much to belabor with this point. I, I think a lot of things that I got from it was, hey, two different people in two different phases of my life saying, what would you do if money was not a factor? And then what makes your heart sing, right? That was somebody else said those exact words. And two very insignificant moments or conversations when they happened, but always stuck with me. And it's led me to a place of like, what does that look like? especially for you and I, who have very little kids. I mean, I saw you yesterday um, searching Padres tickets, right? Because you guys are going to have a a spring break and your intent for you and your wife is to create memories with your kids, Mm -hmm. right? So it's this balancing act of how do I prudently use my resources today to create amazing memories and live the lifestyle I want to live while also not neglecting my future self who doesn't want to feel the same put food on the table type grind I do today for my entire life. Um, And I think most people opt out of that thought process just to say the future will figure itself out. It's just so easy to say, to justify that, hey, life's short, you only live once, our kids are so little, let's cherish cherish this time, let's do all the fun things now. But like you said, you, you don't want to be kicking yourself down the road saying, oh, I wish I knew what I knew now and I made the right decisions then. So yeah, it makes and sense. each generation is going to have their own tagline, right? Like maybe our parents were saying, because they're smarter, so they're in Latin, right? Like carpe diem. Yeah. And then today it's like hashtag YOLO. YOLO. Like yeah, yeah. whatever it is, you, you get this idea. But um, yeah, I had so much trouble figuring out a way to get into the gym. Basketball scratched that itch, right? Camaraderie and competition were key. Um, I didn't know that going into it, but man, that's that's a really good, good way to look at it. So if I wanted to add to my exercise routine, it'd be really good to find something that had camaraderie and competition, right? I'm sure that's why a lot of people do CrossFit, 
right? They, I don't know CrossFit very well, but I'm guessing there's like personal bests that people have and yeah, you there's do communities. Yeah, you workouts and you're timed and you improve your time and there's like competition. So yeah. Yeah, camaraderie and competition. So same thing with your finances. Um, you're going to have to find some future motivation of, hey, for me, it was my time at Labrie and in that lifestyle that I was living um, and to say, hey, how do you recreate that? And something else you said uh, that you probably didn't mean for it to be such a good point, but don't put it off for three months and then try to play catch up. Uh, try to stick with it and do, if it's every week or a couple of weeks, just stay on top of it because uh, it, the longer you put it off, the harder it'll be to ever catch up or get into the details. Isn't that so true? Like it, That was like an exercise uh, parallel too. That same thing. If you put it off and you try to lose all the weight at once, it's a pain, but if you stick with it. Yeah, like almost encouraging people like, pick two days a week on the calendar that you absolutely can work out and then like ring fences, protect those, like put a moat around it. Like don't let anybody get in that. Yeah. Like oh, you want to work out five days a week? Don't do it. Yeah. Like just <laughs> pick two because working out five days a week for the next three months isn't as good as working out two days a week for the rest of your life. Yep. So um, yeah, a, a lot of We're good just truths. solving problems left and right. You so know? when I get off this podcast, I'm going to go back to my desk and <laughs> pile away more of that money in, in, in stuff that I can't touch. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm sure that this could spark a lot of questions. Um, so you're free to email us. You can reach either Sean or Trevor at Tom, T-O-M, at thebondsgroup.com. We'll make a request, as we always do, that you'd rate the podcast five stars or preferred. You can actually leave comments on the podcast. Um, and like I said, when you email us, uh, if you have ideas of discussions you want, you have questions about financial freedom, um, you want a little bit of guidance, schedule a conversation, we are happy to do whatever we can to be a resource to you. We appreciate you listening and reading Thoughts on Money. And of course, we'll be back next week with more of our Thoughts, Thoughts on, on Money. money. The Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This podcast was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or tax information. Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor before establishing a retirement plan.